everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm your host, Angelique Gay. I'm a mom and a writer who recently went through a major life transition. Each week, I invite other creatives and changemakers on to talk about their own transitions, a time in their life when they felt completely untethered and lost, which, as it turns out, is completely normal and can even be life-affirming. I am so excited for you to meet this guest. You know his dad as Richard from Texas from the book Eat, Pray, Love, written by Elizabeth Gilbert. Richard was her wise and hilarious friend who helped Liz battle her demons and find inner peace. Richard could turn even the most esoteric spiritual guidance into a bite-sized treat. Sadly, Richard passed in 2010. Today, I chat with his son Rafferty about how his dad guided him on a spiritual path that saved Rafferty's life. I have listened to this conversation at least 10 times and I garner new insight every single time I hear it. Enjoy. This podcast is about transitions and transformations and so... I wanted to hear your story of your transition from what you were like before you discovered your spirituality and yoga and meditation, and then how you changed your life by being inspired by your dad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, my story, I wasn't like super unique, that's for sure. But, you know, as I was growing up, and I was becoming a a young man, and uh, my persistent life choices Put, put me in predicaments that I couldn't get out of. You know, I was just crazy. You know, they had, uh, you know, nowadays they got terms for like mental health and stuff. Back then, it, they really didn't. It was just, I was just a ball of anxiety, or scared of my own shadow, second guessed everything. It just self absorbed and just uh, in my own mind. And that wasn't a very fun place to be. My own mind wasn't really good company. And I had formulated a luxurious lifestyle, which I thought was uh, of the party scene here in the college town I grew up in. And so the crowd I was hanging with, couldn't really get away from them, couldn't really not hang with them. So the people I generally associated with was lawyers and people at three or four in the morning from the, the club scene and whatever, whatnot. And then uh, and then it just became just by myself, all by myself. And uh, yeah, I was just gotten, you know, just insanely miserable. Of course, my dad, you know, he's and my mom, and they're watching me and they, and they know we're always the last ones to know. <laughs> and uh yeah so finally you know i i was gifted a, like a, a very uh a very nice gift of desperation i gotten completely miserable and my health wasn't good mentally i wasn't good everything was and you know i'm only mid-20s or so and i'm thinking well this is not what i had planned for myself and so you know at that point i had been watching my dad you know his life was getting better and i was like well what the heck is he doing over there <laughs> This far out stuff he's up to and trips to India and this, that, and the other started looking a little better than what I had going on. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, (laughs) because it was always like, you know, he's telling me where he's going. I'm like, all right, whatever, dad, that's cool. You know, that's your thing, you know, okay. But uh, it began to have a shine to it and, and I was attracted to it because I saw his life start to change. And there was years that we drifted apart when I was a young guy and I was getting older and we were starting to get a little closer and, you know, what he had going on, had a, a level of attraction to it. You know, he had something I wanted. And so, yeah, I just started deviling into things with him and telling him where I'm at. A lot happened from that moment because he not only helped me, like, put myself together and get plugged in, it, we also built a new relationship 
as a young man and, and a father. It just flowered and budded into something that was just super special and super inspirational to myself and, and helpful and, and kind of, you know, it healed a lot of things, you know, even trickled down to relationships with my mother as well. And, you know, you know the Eat, Pray, Love started taking off and I was like, yeah, you know, like that thing he's doing is definitely better than what I got going on. I got to get plugged in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just called me casually from the limo going to see Oprah and, and I'm over here just like crazy trying to figure out what to do with myself. Yeah. And so once I got plugged in with him, you know, realizing how he lived like spiritually, you know, how to live spiritually versus just waking up and like just, you know, bumbling and thumbling and bouncing through the day. He lived like plugged into the source, you know, like that. Like, he was plugged into the universe. Like he had, he was kind of in the flow. And, you know, I was just on the, the end of the kind of cut extension cord, just getting zapped all the time so i was so yeah so that's why i sought him out and i was like well he's plugged in. i gotta get get into li- living that way or something i get some of that going on and if i got a little bit of that, i'd be doing better so what did he teach you did you start by meditating did you start with yoga where did it start how did you start um, well i got you know real miserable and uh would ask him you know i'm like what do i gotta do and he's like well you gotta do one thing and i'm like what's that he's like well you gotta change everything about yourself and your life i'm like oh gosh here you go <laughs> But, you know, when, when, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher arrives and I was like, okay, well, that sounds kind of interesting, you know, because I was like, you know, I was ready. I didn't know what I was ready for, but I was ready, you know, so he kind of like tippy toed me into the door, meditation and yoga. And finally, he was like, he looked, he's like, here, I'll pay for you to go to a meditation program. You know, it's called inner engineering. And it was with his guru at the time. And that was weird. He's like talking about gurus and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm just a Texas boy. I don't know any of this stuff. You know? I was like, I'll go, but I'm not going to pay for this because I don't know what it is. And I don't want to pay for it. And if I want to leave, I want to leave. He's like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> so we went to a program that taught us and kind of, it was an initiation into a live energy process of meditation with discourses and some basic yoga practices. And I remember sitting in those rooms for like three, four hundred people in there and you know people from all walks indians they you know folks from the asia continent you know all over the states and just you know everybody from every walk of life was in there and i wasn't really plugged in and then i towards the you know last few days of this program you know the the guru's talking and uh, and all of a sudden i felt like i felt plugged in all of a sudden i was like okay wait a minute there's something going on here i don't want to miss it and so you know they had this term called initiation which i thought they were going to show me the snakes or you know <laughs> dance around the fire and i'm like what in the world and i just got really i kind of shut down i told my dad i was like look i'm not going this is too weird at this point this is like initiation day i can't like i don't even know what's going on here and i went it was a the greatest moment of my life when uh i was gifted and, and initiated with this live energy form energy practice a kriya yoga so it deals with your your life energies which is a, the you know one of the most powerful paths when it comes to yoga because it's pretty much right in the source you know that's why we're fumbling around function is because there's some type of life energy right mm-hmm. and so i started doing this practice and i was doing it every day twice a day you know, and my life was just exploding like good stuff like I was happy I was better I was functional fears just fell away from me that I couldn't shake using every type of writing process or this process or this therapy process I couldn't get rid of these things and these things are just falling off falling off of me and falling on my life left and right and so next thing you know man I'm just on the fast track of going to yoga programs with my dad and sitting with my guru and like learning these things and I was fortunate to have him because he's like the perfect translator because you know I'm like what does that really mean and you know how my 
yeah. in the book, obviously. He could just break things down. I'm like, oh, okay, I got it now. I've had a lot of teachers, and I've been graced with a lot of grace in my life, and one being my dad. But the person to introduce you to, like, you, you know, your guru, that's that's a pretty special one, and end up being my dad as well. So, so yeah, I mean, fast forward, we, we went on, like, a five-year tour every two or three months. We are at the ashram, and we are doing practices every day, and we are just, I mean, life was just exploding, like, with just good stuff, joy and transformation and all the things I never thought I wanted, but that really were what I wanted, you know. It just took off like a rocket ship. Like my dad used to tell me, he's like, once you get plugged in, like, life's just going to go. And things are going to come at you at a much faster pace, you know. You're going to work through things that it would have taken you 10 years to work through. You're going to work through them in six months, a year. It's just going to vary, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, good, bad things were all coming, but, it, you know, none of it was sticking to me. You know, there was this, uh, from this yoga meditation, it was just kind of this, uh, I was static free, you know. I would just kind of slide through situations and just kind of go with life, that ultimate intelligence of the life process and how life functions. Finally, kind of on top of the water instead of like tumbling around in the rapids and stones, per se. Yeah, and I was just the most fortunate situation to just devil in and just bug him all day long and talk about yoga and talk about this. How's this going? How's this work? It was just a blessing. How do you practice today? I'm still doing the, the Kriya yogas. I've since learned some other ones that a little longer processes. So every morning I, I got about 30, 40 minutes of a yoga that I do that's a, a lot of powerful cycles with the breath. Really powerful, just rejuvenating stuff. And then yeah, there's a couple times throughout the day that there's like about a 15 minute meditation that it's crazy. It's it just happens. I nurture like X amount of conditions, two or three types of conditions, and it'll just happen, which I thought was too far out. So I had to go try and go to that that class. I went to it and it was amazing. It worked. I nurture these conditions of like, if I'm hungry, if I'm a little bit tired, if I nurture those, there's two times a day where this just this meditation just happens. It's gorgeous. It's like one of the best things ever. How do you meditate? I just have a room here at the house that's my meditation room. It's, it's in the dark. It's, it's not like a, a yoga studio or any fancy teachers are going on. But it becomes like a, instead of like an exercise or, or to-do list, it just becomes part of, it's like a function. Like it becomes part of me. Like it's got to get up and do this, do my practices. And, and then I'm set for the day. And then, yes, I, and I do like have some help at home. I have through my guru as well. I have a, a consecrated live energy form that's in my meditation room that I do a process with too in the evenings. And it which helps because it's kind of like having some at-home assistance all day. So what is a that exactly? Is it a... Is it a stone? Is it a statue? What is it? Yeah, so it's kind of a combination of, it's like a, a pretty large, flat, ornate stone with a copper inlay. And it has a linga, which is like a ellipsoid shape, oval kind of egg shape, but a little more pointed. Mm -hmm. That's made out of solidified mercury that is solidified by hand through these, these ancient yogic processes. That little linga, they call it a linga, a ellipsoid right there, is charged with, an, with a certain amount of energy. There's things I do daily to nurture that energy form that's there but what i get back is tenfold or more and it's unbelievable so do you use the process of watching your thoughts like clouds do you focus on an image do you have a mantra how do you do it yeah there's a mantra involved with my meditation so if i nurture the conditions and then the mantra is used it just happens it's far out but it's amazing like i was shocked when, when i first started doing it and as soon as you say the mantra or as soon as you first said it did it start happening right away for you or do you think it's through practice that you can now get there right away you got to build a foundation right which 
I built with my dad in the early days and early couple of years of doing the basic meditation I was doing. It was just a series of alm chants and, and some breath cycles and mm-hmm. that like, kind of laid the foundation for higher levels of you know capability, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, once I was went through the series of, of programs for these meditations, yeah, then it be, once I was given the mantra, it happened that day and it's happened ever since. If I take care of the certain conditions in my day. Mm-hmm. And how do you do it, that? It, it sounds crazy and it is, but it's it's really just eating around certain times what my focus is on around certain times of the day and you know making sure I'm not drank a bunch of caffeine at that time or ate a bunch of food or ran a mile or something you know they're just kind of nurtured that quietness getting a little hungry getting a little tired getting a little focused and then uh you know you lay down the mantra and then that's that's it and it just just happens wow which for me was a complete gift because I mean I couldn't keep my eyes closed for 10 seconds before I got into all this I was crazy well it's (laughs) like most people when they start they can't sit still everyone says I can't meditate because I can't sit still yeah for sure for me like that's why the the kriya yoga that deals with the kriya energies in the system I think works so well for me because it's like I was so high strung and like just kind of bouncing around everywhere that once you know once something gets a hold of my life energies and like you start changing the pitch of that everything else just kind of calms down around it it's kind of like the life energies take the wheel and they're steering the ship rather than your thoughts your emotions your physical body your your you know my foot hurts my leg hurts sitting here you know all those other little things the predominant force is you know the life energies that's why we're living and breathing and functioning so once you start changing that pitch and that tone that becomes the the pilot and so that would kind of open the doors for like able to sit able to meditate able to do practices able to put up with myself take care of myself all those things became voluntary with you know the direction of my life energy is being the strongest point instead of like the weakest point prior. So if that you, makes any sense. It does. Can you choose your thoughts? I know my dad always always coined that, you know, you got to choose your thoughts like you do your clothes every day, you know. Yeah. Like, dad, come on, you know. But really what that looks like for me, yes, there is choices I can make with my thoughts. And it's, it's usually when I get up in the morning, which my dad was real good about the affirmations for yourself and like taking care of yourself and like realizing how important yourself is like this life is you know, looking inward. And so I would start it out basic and I just get up, look myself in the mirror and just tell myself, hey, you're a good man. Like you're good. You're doing a good job. You're working hard. You're going to be a good, a good guy today. You're going to do the right thing when the situations come up and you're going to respond when you have to respond. Taking that complete responsibility for my thoughts. You know, I have responsibility to these, how I respond. And when I, when I took that part of it, that of like just going after my thoughts, then I was able to make decisions that didn't create more thoughts per se. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It didn't just keep spinning the hamster wheel. It's like, okay, this happened. How am I going to respond to this? What do I owe a response to this? How do I respond to this that works for me? And then I just respond or I wouldn't. So then that would just clear the thought train up. It just shortened it up instead of being 25 car train with a caboose. It's only a two car train. Wow. The next thing comes up and just keeps moving that way. How did you and your dad repair your relationship? I mean, we just really kind of built a new one because I was a young kid. He was doing the best he could. He really was. Both my parents were. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't Norman Rockwell, you know, but. And then I grew up and. I needed something he, he had and he wanted something I had to be around his son. And it was just all new circumstances, like what I wanted in life, where he was at in life. And we just started over and just built it from there. And 
of course we had the yoga thing in common and so that always helped we just kind of built the new one it's the best way to describe it you must have had a lot of feelings though throughout your life how do you use yoga and meditation to help you get through really big emotions yeah and that was one of the things i always wanted was to be able to like have some emotional freedom or like stability because my dad like he was smooth at all times and i'm like you're not getting upset about anything over here or <laughs> this doesn't bother you that was the thing is like feelings and emotions were, were tough for me because they, they were just a lot of them were fear-based and self-centered and somebody else told me this and my dad reiterated it too when i started trying to get on the spiritual path it was like from this day forward you're going to carry no fault insurance for everybody and yourself you're going to forgive everybody and everything and yourself every day that's you, you really care. hard how did you do that i would just work at it you know as, as the things came up because i knew what happened when i put a ton of work into like getting worked up about it and it made me <laughs> miserable so i'm like well let me try this weird shit that, you know i don't know so that that's a tall task but it's impossible unless you're plugged into like some type of spiritual process you can't just up and start doing it you know what i mean in my experience at least yeah fortunately i was plugged into some spiritual processes and, and that was just what i had to do because i knew what was on the other side of the door i mean i could pick up all my misery at any time it was all right there <laughs> how do you define god that one's um for me, I just keep it real simple because I've been graced by so much grace and amazing beings and people in my life. And to me, it's such a big, the God thing is so big because, I mean, I would do it just disservice to try and put it in a box or put it in a title. For me and my experience is like that intelligence of the universe, what makes this whole deal flow and process and work and what makes the sun and the, come up every day and, and the moon and the, it all has a play and there's, there's an intelligence level to it all. That's that higher level, that supreme being or that God tendency or that, that, that dimension, that fifth dimension that, you know, that's not physical, it's not, you can't touch it. So yeah, just that, that intelligence of the universe and that, that flow that's out there that it's all functioning and, and there's a you can plug in and being plugged into it and having the experiences of my life change drastically and small that, that physical experience of my life doing it every day provides that that idea that that's that's what it is i'm not one of those guys that like you can tell me okay this is it right here if you read in a book this is your savior you know i gotta see it happen like i gotta see it i've seen it in my dad and i've seen it in other people in my life like something changed that you couldn't really put your finger on. And that's what it was. That was that God, that godliness that plugged into that universe, that intelligence of the universe. So that's how I look at it, my experience. So I don't know how the pandemic experience has been for you, but for me, it's been such a, a crazy time of fear and loss of control. And, you know, like you said about your trip, changing plans again. And I'm wondering how yoga and meditation and your spirituality has helped you reframe it so that you're able to deal with it. And, and, and how do you deal with it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie that this pandemic or the coronavirus or, has brought up, it's not been easy for everybody across the board, you know. In my experience, there's been a lot of uncertainty. There's one thing, I just stayed with what I could do every day, you know, because when the fear starts coming in and, and the what ifs and, and the bing and the bang and how's this going to go and if this doesn't happen, you know, it starts coming. I just go back to the place of what can I do? How can I respond to this? What, you know, what is my responsibility? And, you know, I would just dial it back in every day. I go back to what I, I know it works. I know if I get up in the morning, I do these spiritual processes. I take care of myself in this manner. I, I take care of my thoughts and I don't put too much weight in them and just, you know, hey, that's a thought. I'm not going to judge it. 
just a thought. I mean, my brain's coming up with those. Put a little space between that and take action. Like, and have plan of action. Like, I can go to work today. Like, I'm safe at work. I, I mean, everybody around me is safe. Like, we're doing the right, this, that, the other, the right thing, whatever the thing is. I went back to the basics, and I just stayed there every day. And I get home, everything went went okay. We're doing all right. Trying to stay in the moment and day by day with it, and just go back to the, you know, just basics, just stay in the practices and see how I can help somebody else instead of thinking about myself during the day. And that's where I've been for the past, like, I don't know, year and a half or whatever this has been going on. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are having trouble right now? Yeah. I mean, it's the hard part is is like, there's so much trouble around it, right? You know, because there's financial troubles, which I've been blessed where my job has stayed the same, fortunately. But there, there are just so many avenues to it, you know, from financial sides of it to the health sides of it to the kids to the this to the that, you know. My best advice, which I don't really, I'm not known for my advice, is just really just, go. I mean, stick to the basics. Like, you know, stick to what works in your life. Be kind to yourself. Respond to what you can respond to. If it's worth worrying about, don't worry about it. Because there's so much that I can't control on a daily basis as well, you know. So just backing off from all that stuff letting it unfold in front of me versus me trying to force it because forcing the issue has generally never given me much good result. Mm. Take care of the interior. It's an inside job. Whether life is good or bad, it's still an inside job. I just stay. That's where I would stay. Take care of that. Mm. Whatever processes that people have. And if they don't have them, maybe start looking, you know, look for that. Like if, if there's something that whether you, you want to get into the spiritual practices or things of that nature, you know, seek that out versus, how do you change your whole career when you don't have a career anymore? Mm. So I know in my experience, when I focused on things that were the biggest priority, the other things would come. Like my dad used to always say, he's like, you do the right things at the right time, the rest will come. And it will. Wow. It started to show up. And that's that, you know, that plug, being plugged in that universe kind of thing that my dad was always doing. So wow. if that makes any sense, that's where I would. It really does. So it was such a joy for me to reread Eat, Pray, Love, just to prepare to talk to you today. And there's a whole section in the book where Liz talks about the Gura Gita and how challenging it was for her. And I'm wondering if you and your dad ever talked about who he dedicated his Gura Gita to. I'd ask my dad, I'm like, so what's up with the the ashram and like once I kind of knew some terms like what a guru was or an ashram was or and I was comfortable even saying the words you know I would ask him but he was like look son out of the out of the sanctity of what went on there what still goes on there today I I can't tell you all those things he's like I'll tell you where I'll tell you the location of the ashram but you can't tell anybody because this is out of pure respect for that that place because you'll understand you know once you've been to the ashram on your own path did you ever go my dad you know fast forward a few years after the eat pray love stuff he got plugged into a on another guru's path from a friend of his a recommendation this ashram was in south india and there's one in nashville actually or well, not in nashville it's like an hour and a half outside of nashville tennessee up in the McMinnville area that was my experience with the ashram was and my dad would go to the same places too and i went with him and once you've had that experience on that level at that at that kind of place you know the sanctity of it is just it's pretty it's pretty personal you know what i mean so he wouldn't of course 
As much as I would poke and prod at him, he, he the only thing he would give me I guess was the actual only, place it was. I only wanted to know if he'd ever dedicated one to you. That's what I was curious about. But knowing I understand. my dad, yeah, I mean, knowing my dad, I mean, and, and having to forgive, you know, because he had to forgive himself for a lot of things too. You yeah. know, I mean, he didn't do a lot of things right certain times of his life either. Kind of how you gracefully end up on this path sometimes. I'm sure he had to forgive himself for some things, and once you kind of work through that, you kind of. At that point, you're going to put the, the energy into, like, the positive side of it, the healing side of it. And that was, like, our relationship or, you know, life as is now. I'm curious how you process the media. Do you watch a lot of the news and spend a lot of time on social media? Or is part of taking care of yourself staying away? How do you balance keeping yourself informed and yeah, and dealing I mean, with... that's, a, that's an important one, especially because I know from my experience and probably true for other folks is... A lot of the problem is too much information, spiritually too. You're like you're just flooded with information instead of living by the seat of your own experience. Luckily, I was educated by my father, his view on media and, and government and stuff. So what they're saying, I don't really, I'm not on, like on board with like media, like in news, like general news. It's like I, I question it from the get go. So I, I just, I watch enough of it just to know what's going on but i was kind of conditioned to not believe that that's the full story just because my dad's experience from being in vietnam and direct experience with government and what they portray with media and what they what's going on is you can't just sink your heart and soul into the hey what they're telling you is right 100 percent. and so mm-hmm. i fortunately don't just eat it up with a silver spoon whatever's on the news so i don't watch a lot of news i watch enough to see what's going on and so i can kind of conduct myself and be prepared if something's coming up or going on mm-hmm. and then the social media aspect of it you know i used to have um, the twitters the facebooks the this the that a couple years ago i decided i was like i'm just gonna go to instagram only i got into hobby of cooking all the time so i'm, I'm gonna cook on, and do funny stuff cooking i'm gonna find local farmers and ranchers support their products help them you know if there's something funny i can do on there cool if there's a way I can connect somebody just because of my dad with my social media and if I could help somebody or inspire somebody because you just never know what that little glitch is going to be to help somebody. And I'm going to do that. And so I decided just focus, that's why I focus my Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't drag any of the, all the, the opinions and the, the this and that, that right. onto it. I just kind of use the platform on a positive note. Mm-hmm. And yeah, probably on it a little too much, but it's at least positive stuff. It's all like, you just get hungry looking at my Instagram. So that's about it. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Elizabeth Gilbert is such a huge inspiration to me as a writer and her podcast magic lessons helped me get through the pandemic her books her positivity her depth and there's just so much of, I could go on about her for a very long time but she's a huge inspiration and I'm wondering what it's like to sit and chat with her and and what she's like if you could Oh, share yeah liz gilbert is the most non-pretentious down to earth <laughs> just engaging funny casual when you meet her or you hang out with her you just just a super overwhelming amount of compassion you feel yeah she's just totally nice totally easy to talk to just i mean she's she's awesome i'm fortunate i've had those moments where we've met up just had coffee or something or whether it's at the after party from eat pray love movie you're a priority just as much as eddie vetter from pearl jam who wrote songs from the soundtrack 
Mm-hmm. that want to talk to her it's really neat she carries it and holds it you know a very good way so what is eat pray love meant for you in your life it was super inspirational like everybody else i can't i can't lie because i was i didn't know i was ready for what was out there at that time you know i was ready for that that's what i wanted is meditation and, and that ease and comfort you know that came from that and, and the other thing that's just super super special about it is elizabeth gilbert's an amazing writer in a lot of ways the way she depicted my father that was him to the teeth no sugar coat, no adding on, no taking off. Like that was, you felt like you knew him when you read the book. And that's how it was. I was real close to him. So, you know, I kind of got like the, the NC-17 or the little hotter version when I asked certain things <laughs> or did certain things. Just because when you get close to the flame, like it's a little brighter. But she described him to the T. Like if you felt like you resonated or could connect with them, and like purely her, like her writing talent depicted it to the T. My favorite thing that your dad said was that we have the capacity to love the whole world. And that stayed with me. Do you have a favorite thing that your dad ever said to you? Yeah, there's there's a lot of them, like, and a lot of them that y'all got the nicer versions out out there, and I got the, the straight to the point versions. But <laughs> that was one of them. Like, he's like, yes, he's like, son, you have the capacity to love the whole world. But you gotta love yourself. You gotta start there. And that one, it took some time to grow into, but it, it resonated with me as well. But there's some other ones, like one of them that really stays with me all the time was he's like look son this is the way you gotta look at it the answers to your prayers are the events in your life now if you can get fully on board with that your life's gonna be way easier you're gonna be detached way better you're gonna think clearly and you're gonna be able to do the right thing at the right time if you can fully wrap your mind around the events in your life are answered to your prayers and i was like you know what i kind of like that and then it, it, but he would show me how that looked too you know in simple forms yeah, you put so much thought and intention in something, you can create to a certain extent. Most of the time, it's just complete misery for myself. And, you know, whether it's emotional feelings, misery, or thought misery, you're thinking about or obsessing about a situation. But to be able to channel that thought and that intention to something and be able to see it when it's coming to you, like when the universe is like, here it comes, that's when the rubber meets the road for me. So, all right, I asked for this. All right, now I got to accept this as my responsibility. Like, I asked for it, and here it comes, you know. And the other part of that is, like, you got to, when he said you got to swim swim the moat if you want the castle. Mm. I had, when those events, there were answers to my prayers came around, I had to do the work. But the castle was there if I did the work. And that's, that, I mean, those, those two things right there, I mean, that's, if I could put it in simplest terms of what I do every day, that's what I'm trying to do every day. Wow. There was one other one that I always liked, too, that I kind of relevant these days, you know, with all that's going on. It's like, I used to call him all freaked out about something that somebody said at work or something stupid, you know. And he's like, he's like, look, son, if you worry, don't pray. If you pray, don't worry. You pick <laughs> it. And then call me back later. And then I'd be like, what, 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 what? <laughs> It really was like when the stuff came up, it was like, okay, say a prayer, do my practices, you know, use my tools and don't worry anymore. Let it go. And, you know, just constantly sticking in those, those three things, the events in my life or answering my prayers. If I worry, don't pray. If I pray, don't worry. And doing the work when it comes because the prize, the award's there. Because if I can't recognize when those events come, the ante goes up. Life will give it to you. It'll give you that situation. But if I'm not able to perceive it and know that that's what I need to be doing, when I need to be doing it, the price is only going to go up. And that's been my experience. 
What was it like to watch the movie and see Richard Jenkins portraying your dad? That was a really neat moment because <laughs> we did my because my, my dad had passed away already. He'd already done the work on the book on the book and the move for the movie and everything. And he and my brother, he he's rather persistent, you know. And he he's like, well, we need to find out if we can go. And I'm like, all right, well I'll call Liz. And I was like, hey Liz, you know my brother and I want to go. You think somebody could throw us a couple tickets? And then next thing you know, we got personal drivers picking us up and flights and everything we stayed at the same hotel with all the celebrities we had a spending allowance a driver we walked the red carpet in our dad's place you know richard jenkins was like was on a mission to find us like before and after the movie he's like you gotta let me know how it went like i i, I don't want him to hear anybody's opinion except for y'all it's just a surreal experience just from being in that celebrity zone which is like a whole other world in itself but then actually being like actually physically part of it and involved but it's it's super super special and, and i mean at the end of the day i'm just absolutely blessed like you know, everybody's father is their hero to them. And then mine just, I was lucky enough to have him like portrayed like in a book by a good writer and on a movie screen, you know, to like be able to reconnect like that anytime I want to. I, mean, I couldn't ask for any more than that. The movie premiere was, it was just awesome. I mean, it was just so special and they took such great care of us. They treated us just like we were part of the movie, like we were a character. It was really, really neat. Wow. In the movie and in the book, she's looking for her word. Do you have a word? I do. I mean, my word, you know, what I use for my mantra, which you can't really disclose that. Sure. Like disturbs like the whole of sanctity of it. But yeah, and I'm blessed. Like I have that. And then those two or three liners from my dad, like, I just go to those when it, when it hits the fan or when I'm needing help or I'm in a low spot or whatever, I, I go to those little catchphrases that I've hung on to so much from my dad. And that's what I use. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been so special for me. Yeah, it was super special for me as well. I'm very happy and honored to be here. It means a lot. And I, uh, I'm very moved. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I mean, it's, it's always like when somebody can rem remind me of how he touched their lives, it, it reminds me even more, even though like, I was a son, I, you know, you, you you're human, you forget like how cool that connection was. And so it's, it's an absolute blessing for anybody to reach out anytime and say, your dad, or can I ask you some questions? Like it's, 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 it's a special gift. And I thank, and thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll hang up now. <laughs> uh, <all> right, <laughs> thank Angela. you. Take care. Thank you. Take thank care. You. This was such a powerful conversation and such a fun one, too. He made me laugh. I loved his use of poetry. At the end, I could really feel his, his love for his dad, and it was, it was just so moving. So thank you, Rafferty, for sharing that with us. He really helped put my pandemic challenges into perspective and reminded me that if I do my inner work and I do the work on my spiritual life, it's an inside job, as he says, that the rest will follow. Keep life simple right now. Love yourself. I know that's something that people say all the time, but this is such a time to have deep compassion for yourself and make friends with your mind. I will always love that statement. If you want to get to the castle, you have to swim the moat. It's so true. And he's such a great example of someone who does the work and practices every single day. I was so touched by his humility and his drive to help others and his desire to not be too self-involved, which can be really hard during challenging times, but he's pulling it off in his own way. And I was really inspired by that. I know that I will continue to re-listen to this chat 
whenever I need to get back in touch with his wisdom. It's such a great reminder that there's a bigger plan in place. There's a larger force and whatever you name it. And we can all tap into it whenever we're ready. Rafferty very kindly shared his Guru's information and I've put that in the show notes if you're curious. If you enjoyed this chat, please share it with your friends and on social media. The world needs his words right now, I think, so pass it on. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Thank you.